Hi, my name's Sean Taylor. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. the objective geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. We are Avatar The Last Podcasters, the second most exciting Avatar podcast on the <laughs> internet these days. Or, or oh, yeah. 10th or 11th, or, you know, I, who's, who's counting? But definitely not I the mean, first anymore. If we if we ever had a claim to that throne, it's it's 100% gone now. But uh, that's okay. We're still happy to be here anyway, and we're happy to talk about book three. In fact, I'd say we are very excited to start talking about book three. Today we're going to talk about chapter one. It's called A Breath of Fresh Air. But before we do that, Chris, uh, how you been doing this week? It's been a couple weeks since we talked, like always. Yeah, it's been like what three weeks since we've recorded. Uh, yeah, because we nothing. had this weird, and we just for the record, we got kind of another words. I decided to take all the vacations that I haven't taken in like a year, uh, and just pack them into July. So got a couple more mm-hmm. weird weeks ahead. Yeah, I mean, since then life hasn't changed much. Just been doing housework and, and stuff, and uh, you know, just living life. Do you ever get that much? It's- do you ever get that really unique corner toilet, like all settled and all the tile built around it? Uh, <laughs> a corner toilet. Every time some, every time I have like some plumber come in and look at it, they're like, "That corner toilet is interesting. I've never seen it." I'm like, "You guys are plumbers. You've done this <laughs> like I don't know how many years." Chris, but... I've peed in a lot of toilets, and it's the first time I've ever <laughs> seen. Not just peed a lot of times. I've peed in many different toilets over the years. Mm. And that was my first <laughs> corner toilet experience. Well, I didn't even pee in it. I just looked at it and said, hmm. <laughs> Did not use yeah. that. I mean, I didn't yeah, go so in there and then not pee. I just mean I was in as an examiner, as an observer at best, not a, not an end user. End user, pun intended. As if that was a big conversation for you and Heather, like on your, when you guys left my house. It was. I was like, Heather, you ever seen a corner toilet? She said, no, i never seen a corner toilet. It was. It was a big deal. <laughs> There's a small part of us that's jealous because one of our bathrooms could use a corner oh, toilet, but that's probably, it's probably cus- expensive. It's probably custom made or something. Yeah. Nobody knows. They can't find them. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'll never get rid of that toilet, even though it's, you know, it's fairly old. Came with the house in 1980. You can't get rid of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm glad a, the uh, I'm glad the housework is going well. And then uh, I think we had a couple of I'm going to call them minor minor news things to bring up. I'll let you introduce them since you were aware of both of them, and I, as usual, am oblivious to everything. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Sean? I'm on, you know, how are you doing? I never ask. Well, I do every now and then. Like you, once every. 10 episodes asked how you're doing. I don't know that you do because I just uh, vomited out on people whether they're ready or not. I am good. <laughs> I don't like being out of the house this much. Um, not that I'm like uh, a super introvert or anything, but I don't like being out of the house a whole lot. And through most of July, we have been out of the house. So um, it in fun things, but I, I, you know, I miss being at home. But other than that, I'm good. I've been watching a lot of NBA finals, no matter whose house I'm in. That's very exciting. And um, I think the Bucks are going to win one more at at home, and then the Suns will get healthy and get the last two in Phoenix, for the record. And I think they're going. I think going two two one one one. Oh, they do that now, right? Gosh, I thought yeah. it was still two three two, but I think you're right. Oh, uh, hmm. Okay, well, if the Bucks don't win the next one while Chris Paul is still question mark, whatever, whatever is going on with his head. 
then I'll say the Suns will win the next two in a row, even that middle one back mm. in Milwaukee. Okay. Like if they don't keep this momentum right here, they won't. Yeah. They won't win another one. But oh, where are you at with that one? Uh, I'm going for the Suns. Although honestly, I'll be happy either way with who wins. But uh, oh, this is Chris Paul's last chance. Like I was mentioned to you before, and I, I, it'll be nice for Chris Paul to get a ring. It's yeah, they, they don't call him to point God for no reason. It's not that the Suns will get substantially worse, but as as you pointed out, I'm not taking credit for this. As you pointed out, <laughs> the combination of of their health and lack of others' health, and I mean, there's it's such a bad bad bracket if you're talking about healthy Nuggets, healthy Lakers, health, healthy Clippers, healthy uh, I'm forgetting one Jazz. <laughs> I forget, yeah. forgot well, the no, number they, they one seed, the chance. Yeah, they would have played. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the people that played, they first played the Lakers. Anthony Davis was out pretty much. He wasn't all the way there. LeBron was even full there. And then they played the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, and they swept them. Hmm. And then they played the Clippers without Kawhi. <laughs> so they got really, really lucky. Like, because honestly, I think they would have lost any of those series. With, I think those I think they would have beat the Nuggets. Uh, I don't know if Jamal sways a sweep. Uh, Lakers, yeah. I, I'm not totally convinced the Lakers' health. Like, if you're talking total health, 100% Lakers versus 100% Suns probably. But uh, I, I think you're at a point in LeBron James' career and Chris Paul likewise. We're expecting 100% health. Uh, that The momentum in that series shifted dramatically. Yeah. Was, like, Phoenix won wild. game one, Lakers won the Nets two. Like the third game they won, it was just like they were playing with them. Like LeBron was just like backing down. Uh, I forgot his name, guy with the dreads. Um, he was just Jay. backing them down, like just playing with them, and like and they, they were just long history. Yeah. yeah. And then once an injury happens, then that that sh- I've never seen this playoffs. I've never seen so many momentum shifts. <laughs> Big <laughs> that happens in massive yeah. swings. Uh, props to the Suns though, because they got through, which I think the Nuggets series, they got through without Chris Paul. So, um, safe to say, not safe to yeah. say, I think they would have won that series, uh, in That's a nutshell, true. but the other two for sure, you know, Clippers looked pretty dang good without Kawhi. Paul looked as good as he's looked you know, Paul George yeah. without Kawhi ever. So, um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with this NBA finals, just being a little different, a little weird. Don't really care who wins either way somebody pretty deserving is going to win that they probably wouldn't win in any other year that's a good deal that's that's not uh maybe not great for ratings but it's it's good for those players uh hey long story short i'm i'm tired but i'm doing good and uh news oh yeah hit me with the news i'm excited for both of these things uh one thing the biggest piece of news that dropped in all the avatar fandom this week was that one podcast recognized another podcast, Sean? It was huge. I think that, yeah, it was it was no, very no, no, huge. Chris, in my... Not just one podcast, one one uh, uh, star. Yeah, I guess I'll just say star. One one star. Uh, there's another word studded. that I need to put behind it. Star studded. A very podcast. important person about whom the other podcast cares a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so if you don't listen. Uh, Braving the Elements uh, didn't uh, name drop us after our last podcasters. I mean, it wasn't like a like, "Hey guys, go listen to this podcast." <laughs> they were if only it wasn't that a great. plug. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, it wasn't a plug, but the name was dropped. Um, 
I, I had tweeted out to them about a question that Dante had about like why are these Arab, why is Aang not dressed up like he's why why is he not bundled up he's in the South Pole, and I tweet tweeted at them that uh from our purposely from our uh from our uh, after our last podcaster's Twitter handle yeah it's because Airbenders can regulate their body temperature with just Airbending, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you didn't like Dante Bosco's response. He so if if I'm understanding right, what what you've presented to us uh, is that canon? Is it from a comic it's or canon. something like that? Yeah, it's canon. And in my tweet it wasn't enough to to go ahead and explain like, oh, well, Tenzin mentioned this and and book three of Legend of Korra in the episode original masters or original Airbenders. I think it's original masters. I just thought that Dante sounded a little doubtful in his response like uh, a, yeah i don't know kind of thing and i was like whoa i don't think it sounded doubtful i think whoa. he sounded more like hey airbenders like, are are brushing up on firebender type of yeah that, yeah uh, i think it's, kind of yeah I, uh, I don't think it was doubtful because the thing is dante he'll admit that <laughs> even though he's part of the show he's a huge huge part of the show he's like i'm not an expert at it <laughs> he'll, he'll be like I don't know these things. You know, we're learning. He was, he was like, by the end of it, we'll be experts. I just thought he did. He there was like a touch of disbelief in in his mm. reading, but uh, okay. Hey, it, it was, was nice. It was nice for a couple of very important people to tweet out uh, <laughs> to back tweet a couple of very great, grateful and excited people. Yes. Go listen to that podcast, by the way. It's it's a lot different in tone than our podcast. Obviously, it's it's a lot different yeah. in tone because it is. Uh, 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 we've kind of mentioned before it's super duper positive, but I've thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, we'll be up to episode five at this point. By the time you listen to this, probably there's four yeah, outrightness in it. Uh, the latest part, the latest episodes with Eric Coleman, who's like an executive <laughs> president or something at Nickelodeon at the time that the show was on, and and uh, he was just saying how like Mike and Brian, how he told them like what what they were looking for and how to pitch and stuff and then he was like kind of solely not solely but he's very hugely influential on Zuko because originally Zuko wasn't really there and then uh and he was telling them like well we you need someone think you need a kid's POV uh as a as an enemy to follow them around and stuff and that's all that's all something about like a uh you get the big bad off in yeah. the distance but you like the present the real present danger on the ground. Or yeah yeah, and then he was like, I just, "That's one thing I told him." He was like, "And I'm," and then he was like, "My job isn't to like tell people, hey, here's my vision, go do this. It's just to help them with their vision. I want to help people create their stories." Which sounds like a great person to work with. Um, and uh, he was like, "So I just gave him that nugget," and then they came back with this whole entire new backstory and character and everything. And and, and, I, and he was saying that Zuko's his favorite character. They uh, they um, came back and they said we have this idea for the greatest character arc in history, except yeah. for in the eyes of Sean, who won't be quite on board with that yet. Um, <laughs> um, and then one of my other favorite moments in, in the latest episode was uh, Dante was talking about they're talking about they're talking about relationships, and Janet had asked Eric Coleman like, "What's your favorite relationship in the show?" And he said, "Well, it's between Iroh and Zuko." And that moment that the Iroh reunites with Zuko, like. Like I know it's coming, like but I cry every single time. And you know, he says, like, I wasn't mad at you. I was just uh, afraid you lost your way. And then Dante says, like, dude, that moment for me 
us in a recording st- in a booth. And Dante, I never heard this before from Dante, because we all know that Mako, the original voice actor of Iroh, passed away in between season two and three. And then um, Greg Baldwin had to uh, replace him. And so he was, Dante was saying that when they were, when him, like he hasn't, all those, all his lines, he was like, yeah, that first episode in season three, when I'm doing the lines, like, because Iroh's not even talking, I'm talking to myself because there's no one to really talk to. Really, I'm talking to, talking to Mako, even though Mako's passed away. Like, and he just has that vision said. So then when they're finally reunited in episode 19, the old masters, um, he was saying that like, him and and when you heard Greg Baldwin's voice, Mako, like it was, I'm sorry, voice Iroh, it was just so, it was it was just like Mako was there, like he was like I was, we were just bawling in the booth, like me, Greg, Andrea Romano, like we were all just crying, like when we were delivering these lines, and uh, and Eric Como was like, wow, like I had no idea <laughs> any of that happened, but. And, and that made said me before, cry then. It's about to make me cry right now. <laughs> Doctor said before that how like Maka was a huge inspiration for him, and like they and they had a really good relationship. Even and they knew each other even before Avatar. Um, so that must that must have just been uh, I don't know some type of otherworldly type of voice recordings, you know, like those things. Like I feel like I've I've had those moments of just throughout life, of just like. I don't know, just something greater than yourself is happening kind of in that moment or just something you just get caught up in and wrapped up in the moment. You're about to make me well up a little bit right now. My <laughs> tissues are all the way over there. Uh, so I know, so <laughs> I don't know if this is an introvert thing or not, but I, I do this thing where I think of like the best possible case scenario of something, but it has like zero chance of happening. Like I almost think of, also I think of, of uh of, of bad things sometimes um most as a parent that's what i do <laughs> the the worst possible things that's my brain all the yeah. time i usually don't think of the worst possible things I do. but only as a parent like if i'm walking up the stairs if, if i'm putting something on the stairs i think to myself oh someone might trip and then they fall down the stairs and die <laughs> like that, uh, like i'm seeing into hold a hold up i got a joke no 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 i've got a joke that de-escalated quickly because they <laughs> Fell down. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But so so, proud. (laughs) So I, I, I I do the positive thing. I do the positive thing all the time in my head. And so in this case, the positive thing is like, oh man, you know, one maybe one one day, Jen and and Dante want like some fans on the show for some reason. Man, that'd be really cool if I got on there and I could talk to Janet and then I could bring my daughter on and she'll be really (laughs) like. My, my in my head this happens but i know this is not going to happen but you got to like, uh i think your daughter needs to be a little older like do you think your daughter understands the concept of boys actors like this lady is cora and she's yeah. like you don't want her to be like no it's not oh <laughs> yeah no, she gets it. we we talk about voice actors all the time she's okay. she's understood the concept of voice acting since probably three since day one no well <laughs> like, that's she, good like, then... like we were watching like we you know we watch batman anime series all the time and one time she heard fire lord Ozai, she was like, that's Joker? And you're like, like yeah, yeah. Good, good job. Like, yeah, good baby. job. Yeah, baby, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of you. Chris is like, I need a moment. 
<laughs> you run upstairs, you tell your wife, yeah. and your wife's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I, I don't, I don't." Get but uh, anyway, that's not. <laughs> those were not the biggest news in the Avatar fandom. To me, it was. It's pretty big to us. Uh, yeah, like like when I heard at when I heard Dante Basco say at Avatar Lost Pad at Avatar the Last Podcasters, I was in my cubicle at work, and I literally like spinned around in excitement. <laughs> thanks for dropping but, your knowledge under our mutual podcast name so i could share in some of the glory i don't deserve i appreciate it thanks man long for the ride <laughs> um okay so slightly bigger news just slightly bigger news um so nickelodeon announced a new video game that is a fighter game it's very heavily inspired by super smash bros i believe it's going to be just a sad copy but it's going to have nickelodeon characters this video game is called nickelodeon all-stars brawl <laughs> they made you. They wanted you to know so much that this is gonna. This is like Super Smash Bros. That they use Brawl, which was used in the second uh, entry in the Super Smash Bros. Uh, games. But they have not announced all the characters yet. The thing is, the cover of it has like silhouettes, and there's two silhouettes that look like Korra and Aang. And so, very, very positive. One thing, even if they showed nothing, I'm like, you're gonna put Korra and Aang. Like, they're the two best fighters. In Nickelodeon history, why would you not put them in a fighter game? I mean, we've talked before. You could make a heck of a Smash Brothers clone out of Avatar characters, and we've discussed yeah, like, all that podcast together. Like, think of four different bending styles, and then the random sort of special move offshoots of those styles, non-bender weapons. Like, yeah, that you don't need those other. Char- I almost call them garbage characters. I love Nickelodeon; they're not garbage characters. Mm. You don't need those other characters. Mm. They're mostly garbage. <laughs> also, SpongeBob, hold on. It's like, ooh, um, get to play as Sandy from SpongeBob. Like, SpongeBob really that? can't take damage and he can regenerate. So I feel like he's a broken character out of the gate. That seems a little unfair. He, um, he can't take damage, Chris. He, he, and he hmm. just regrows his, his limbs and pieces. Um, I, I thought really hard since you told me this about good games Nickelodeon has made. And I'm coming up pretty empty most of the way the best games i can think of is uh, battle for bikini bottom and the uh spongebob squarepants movie games and there is a random rugrats racer on the playstation 2 that's oddly not a terrible racing game but otherwise nickelodeon does not treat its properties well enough in video game form for me to be very excited quite honestly no they they don't well because they're marketing to kids and kids are are not nearly as uh, peculiar um, about how good games should be and how complicated gameplay should be and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I like some of the joys of Super Smash Bros. is that Super Smash, it doesn't matter what level you are. <laughs> like you could you could you could be a novice just picking the game up for the first time. You know, my son plays Super Smash Bros. He's mm-hmm. four. I mean, he's my kids are playing it since they were probably three. But you could also be like expert level playing at tournaments <laughs> type of deal, and it's it's all very intuitive. It's very, uh, very accessible. Uh, one thing I did want to throw out a plug for, and I don't think you have a 3DS, so you don't care, is that uh, a friend of mine did send me a 3DS Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and it has, like, two games in one. And I thought that they were both pretty good. Like, I played them both. One is based on the Michael Bay movie, Shut Up, Don't Judge Me, and then the other is based on the current Nickelodeon cartoon. One's like a Metroidvania. The other's like a beat-em-up. And I kind of was enjoying them both. And so then I was, today, I looked up reviews for that. I got that like a week ago or two weeks ago, just by coincidence. 
And so today I looked up reviews for that and everybody hated it. And so I was like, oh, even the game that I did think that Nickelodeon did good with, uh, literally the whole world uh, other than me and that one other friend of mine thought it was garbage. So what do I know? Nothing. I do think think at least one of the Ninja Turtles will be in this new Nickelodeon fighter game because Nickelodeon has the at least the TV rights to Ninja Turtles and they've been coming out with TV shows for them. But for it like is a separate set of rights. For, 12 years. It is a separate set of rights for video games, but I mean, they published that game. That's a 3DS game. That's like four or five years old. So that at some point they had the ability to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. That could be like a pallet, an easy like pallet swap kind of thing almost. Right. Swap a pallet, swap a weapon. But, yeah, probably. Yeah. Gotta have some last airbender characters in there. Uh, is it yeah, wrong? If I'm, to have... if I'm assuming they'll probably have like four. <laughs> they'll probably have Aang, Korra, Katara, Zuko, and then after like I would I would put Toph in there, but I have a feeling like you're, if you put more wait, than that, wait, yeah, you're, you're waiting it too heavy on the first one though. They would surely distribute it a little. Yeah. Oh, then they got they're gonna have DLC like a, of course, like a three two. So yeah, naturally. Well, I don't know. I feel like games have to be certain popularity to to even warrant come out to waste developers' money on making a DLC. You'd be surprised at the okay. yeah. And uh, we also mentioned another another Smash Brothers clone that's kind of good. It's called Brawl Brothers, and so there's some uh, examples of successful clones. Like, yeah, it's a clone, but it's still a good game. Um, no. So you know, there's some hope. I, I don't know if it comes to the Switch, I'll probably buy it. I buy every other damn. You have Switch a lot games. of games on the Switch. I do. <laughs> like, I, I, do. I, try, I have. I have four games. I have. Do you want, I just counted up. Uh, I just counted up the other day. You want to take a guess? Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna guess forty-seven. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I'm not even gonna tell you. Uh, guess how many games? Uh, guess how many games I've got on Twitter and uh, closest few people. I'll say your names or something. I don't know. I'll think of something I can do for you, nice, on the next podcast. Guess how many Switch games (laughs) I own right now, as of this exact moment of recording. I've got it right here. It'll be exciting. Um, yeah. Well, I hope it doesn't suck. Long story short. The, the you know the yeah. most sobering part will be is that we will I mean we will recognize like half the characters and then the other half the characters I'll have no idea you have kids I suppose so maybe you'll recognize more yeah of them. I, feel, I feel like I keep tabs on Nickelodeon just in case like like oh this show sounds somewhat decent but really honestly nothing that's come I mean there's a couple different shows like Loud House I enjoy Loud House it's just about a product as I relate to it it's about a boy and he has like eleven sisters <laughs> and. And that that in itself is funny to me because I have four yeah. sisters, and so I just under, understand where it's coming from. You just take each of those sisters, multiply them by two point two or something, and bam, loud house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I keep no tabs, but I'll, you know, like I said, I'm sure the classic characters. I mean, SpongeBob's still wildly popular. TMNT, ATLA. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, Rugrats are back, right? So surely Rugrats. I'm like, is it wrong they to are, punch yeah. a baby in a video game? Is that you know what? I was just thinking that like who's <laughs> It's not so much bad for you to use Tommy Pickles, but what if you're playing against Tommy Pickles? Is that wrong? Mm. Probably not. (laughs) And and then a final piece of not news, but news to us again. We're going to do a sandwich of things that are important to us, but not to other people. 
I was going to let you say it, or I can say it. Oh, wait, what yeah. is it? But, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> we, as of yesterday, Wednesday, like, oh, yeah, July 14th or something like that, this is how big of a deal it is to us, is that I didn't know at first, and Chris didn't remember now. It's very important to us that we've been going on for three years, which is pretty exciting. When we when we first started, I lived in a... I'm going to make this sound like a sop story, but it's not. When we first started, I lived in a small apartment, and now uh, my podcast earnings have moved me into my beautiful home. And uh, it's not worth mentioning that I lived in a beautiful home before I moved into the apartment. That goes without saying... But uh, yeah, we've been going on for three years. Uh, I've listened to a couple of the earlier episodes over time, like within the past several months. And I will say that we have gotten infinitely better. <laughs> infinitely oh, more more interest. We were so, not deadpan, that's not the right word, but just, just kind of uninteresting when we started. Maybe we take uh, it less serious okay. now in general or don't take ourselves so seriously or, or, or something. It wasn't bad, it just know. wasn't as good. Yeah, that's that's what that's uh, everything that's, in life. That's the norm for podcasts <laughs> and for all things. So hey, three years we have nothing special planned, but it, we're yeah. proud. Thank it, you guys for uh, for following us for whatever how long you've been following us and watching these episodes and and uh, it's been it's been a joy. It's it's uh, fun to do. I'll just you know call it my my friend every once in a while and talk about avatar it's pretty fantastic uh to remember that i hadn't even watched the whole avatar thing in like sequence until i worked at payless and chris like hey you gotta watch the show and i was like why do i gotta watch that show again like i liked it <laughs> i guess i saw pieces and then he like brings these burned dvds over. <laughs> yeah back when i had <laughs> yeah back when back when he, had the back when he thought it was the greatest show of all time but not worth buying <laughs> Because, because, in my defense, I had it on bootleg in college because someone was just like, "Hey, you want these copies of Avatar: Last Airbender? So and so has it, and when I can just burn you some for free, me like you talking about the best show ever? Well, not actually at that point in time. I didn't think it was the best show. That was probably like top three. But I was like, yeah, I'll take that. And then you know, I fell even more and more in love with the show. But then I kept thinking to myself. Oh, I should buy these DVDs, but they're probably coming out on Blu-ray pretty soon. And and they did. They came out on Blu-ray. And I bought the Blu-ray. And then I gave my bootleg DVDs away to somebody. And then I realized that the Blu-rays didn't have the commentary that I needed. And then I went back and bought the DVDs. <laughs> and now I watch it on Netflix also. For what it's so, worth, I love how those the how the DVD cases look, the white and the orange. I think I don't know why I find them yeah. very attractive. No, they're really good. Great, great art. And it's not that it's directly Avatar, but I feel like uh, part of our initial bonding was over Avatar, and then that led to other terribly nerdy things. You know, um, I'd never gone to Comic Con before. I'd never played a real game of Yu Gi Oh before. <laughs> all these, all these uh, eye-opening experience that started with watching Avatar at Payless, not at Payless. Although sometimes, actually, yes, at Payless. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, my computer had a had a. DVD player in it at Payless, but I didn't at home. So I had a PS2. It just, you know, ugh. not black to the PS2, black to plugging it in because I'm a very lazy person. But hey, three mm. years. Thanks for sticking with it, Chris. I always appreciate it. Um, it is really nice to get together and talk about it. And then the fact that there are people that have uh, been with us, like have actually been paying attention to us for like an hour every week for a very mm. long period of time. That's pretty impressive in its own right. So thank you guys for all of your support. We appreciate it. 
lovely bonus. Very gravy. Yeah. Um. Hey, we've got an episode to talk about, and it's a pretty dang good one. Let's jump into our review of Book 3, Change, Chapter 1, A Breath of Fresh Air. All right, Breath of Fresh Air. Uh, okay, so <laughs> it starts off with Cora. Oh, crap. Sorry, it starts off with... <laughs> They're about to sue us now. Not sue us, it's... but... Anyway. It starts off with a song that goes like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just play the episode for you. Anyway. Um, all right. End of last season. Harmonic Convergence happened. And and uh, and that brought about great change in the world. And then you open up with Korra trying to get rid of spirit vines. Spirit vines are all over the city. Um, and then... Yeah, everyone's spirit vines. <clears throat> and then it goes to Boomy. Boomy. He is trying to knit a sweater for a spirit, boom, Joom. And uh, he ends up falling, which <laughs> he ends up falling to his death, which is kind of like, yeah, I don't know, it might be a little too much. Like, if, if it wasn't for airbending, just randomly coming to him, he would have died. Like, what? <laughs> I guess that's a very boomy way to die. It's something like, pretty hey, careless and stupid. We, we, we found boomy. Was it suicide? No. Looks like he accidentally fell off. All right. Well, that sounds like Boomy. It could have been suicide. We think he was upset that the spirit didn't like his sweater. <laughs> there's some there's some detective who does all his work who narrows it down. Like apparently he got into an argument with his spirit, uh, and then and then he was knitting a sweater. You see here, and then he fell to his death. And they're like, "That's so outlandish." Like some other. Like... And then Lin Beifong pops in and says, "It wasn't suicide." And then she points at the spirit and says. He was pushed. <laughs> the spirit goes into spirit jail. Um, but anyway, Boomy saves his life by airbending. And I don't remember, I think I saw a trailer for the season and it had that in the episode, in the trailer. And so I wasn't surprised by this. Uh, Sean, how did you feel? Do you remember how you felt when you first saw Boomy uh, airbend? I was very confused at first more. So, um, and this is, this is common to me not being observant to detail, but I get confused more than I get excited. So like, you're probably jacked when you see it. I'm like, I'm just like watching. And then he does it and he like stops himself at the ground. It probably took me a minute to be like, wait, (coughs) that ain't right. Um, so no, I don't remember exactly, but that tends to be like a delayed, consciousness that i have when i watch these things so i'm embarrassing to watch tv shows with is all i'm saying (laughs) but once it dawns Um, on you so exciting let me you know what let me tell you how i felt the more recent time that i watched through the whole thing and that was very excited and part of it is because we'd been kind of bad mouthing book two not bad mouthing but you know being honest with it and so and then i get to book three and i basically like burn through book three and four in like a day uh maybe Mm. two days (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so you know, I know it's coming at that point, but so hyped for the for for Boomy and this great story he gets to go tell his his peers, his family members, because I know what it's like to be the weirdo in the family. I feel you, Boomy. Yeah, it's uh so, so anyway, uh so Michael also gets a call about an airbender showing up and uh yeah, so Mako goes and handles that. Well he doesn't handle it, the airbender gets away <laughs> and he's just screaming and stuff. Um, and then, <laughs> and then Bolin is staying at Air Temple Island with the family 
and with Airbender kids, <laughs> and uh, and but they're all like eating dinner, and Cora comes over, uh, and Bolin's like, "I love being here. Like, you got your put upon mom, you got your grumpy dad, you got your crazy uncle, and the crazy kids." <laughs> uh, just I just like Bolin being the commentator on on this. Uh, there's a word for like being the live narrator that also exists within the show, and that's a role that Boomy mm. or Bolin hits kind of throughout this whole season in a weird way. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, <laughs> and then Boomy keeps on talking about how he used to airbend, how, how he airbended, and then he's like, "You see that? The napkin moved." And Kaya's like, "You blew on it, Boomy." <laughs> and then he's like, well, "Maybe my life needs to be in danger." And I like how Milo just like. Look alive, Uncle Boomy. And then just like throws the plate at him. Again, like something that if Boomy didn't have an airplane, he would have just got hit in the head full steam with a plate. But Which, that would have been funny. But Milo has faith. Uncle Boomy tells you to throw something true. at him. Milo's like, all right. Listen, he asked for a boulder. I threw a plate. All right, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I do like, I think Icky was the one that's like, maybe he's a late bloomer. And then just like, these kids are, are very uh, positive and yeah. See, they see are, it, they're hurtful, but they don't know they're being hurtful. It comes out positive. It's just, uh, yeah. in their heads, it's positive. It comes out a little hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, some, wait. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, and then they all realize that Boomy is actually a, a bender, and and like he says something that's really small, but I feel like there's I feel like there's there's small moments of Boomy that means a lot. I think in, with if you add the context to it, so like right when he's like confirmed to himself that he's an airbender, he's like, wait till I tell mom. Like the first thing he wants to do is go tell his mom that he's an airbender. She'll because, be so proud. Yeah, it's like like she knows how much that meant to Aang. Um, and then even in the next episode, like when they can't get people, he's like, don't worry, Tenzin. Like, I want to be part of your army. Like he's, he's, these, these little small things I feel like are just so indicative of the character. He's latched onto it from the get go. Like there's no sort of second guessing his, his, uh, newfound gift. Yeah. Which is funny because later on it, yeah, it's to me, Boomy has some really great, character work done in, in season three but it's all really subtle and really small <laughs> but we'll, we'll get more to that later on uh when we get to that episode but uh and then what else happens let's um, say there's an oh, a plot a b plot and a c plot in this one kind of yeah so then so the court's also trying to deal with the vines and then so she she's like oh i have an idea oh before that Cora and asami go out for a drive and Asami teaches her how to drive. And I feel like this is definitely the season where you, you start to see some drops of, of core Asami. Um, some, some little hints at it. And I want to say that because I was watching something before I don't know about... I even had to say little hints. I, I mean, I think they're pretty... Um, directive is too strong of a word, but... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're clearly trying to... It's not, arbi- it's not arbitrary. Like, it's it's intentional i guess it feels intentional yeah and i think this i think this dynamic is so much better than than they were before because in the commentary brian is like yeah you know before they were kind of rivals in a sense and 
and the thing is, and I realized that like in book two, I think they only have like one conversation together, which is <laughs> which is terrible. Like if of your four main team avatar characters, two of them barely even talk to each other. Well, did, like, you I'm not saying... did you rewrite more conversations into your book too, Chris? Because I didn't. You know what? You're right. I didn't. <clears throat> You're right. I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I wrote more stuff for Asami to do. but They nah. would have interacted more uh, inherently. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was missing. <laughs> and so to start off this season, I think with their relationship kind of redefined – I think it was really good just for relationship dynamics. Like even if even if you just want to say that, even if you just want to say everything's platonic and everything, um, it's just so much better to see them just talking with each other. <laughs> like they go back and forth about how like, like oh why is Mako acting so weird lately? Because Mako won't stay at Air Temple Island with them. He's just sleeping at the priest precinct pre pre precinct precinct. There we go precinct. I think. I think um, yeah. Yes. Yep. And then they go back and forth, like, Asami's like, oh, I'm sorry, like, uh, I didn't tell you this, but me and Mako dated, like, we started back dating, or I, I kissed Mako while you were off away, and then Cora laughed, and Cora's like, oh, don't worry, like, I kissed Mako when you guys were dating. And then Asami was like, what? And then, and then they were both laughed it off and stuff. And, like, and Cora was saying, like, I'm glad that we didn't let any of that get between us, which that, to me, it's just cool girl power type of stuff even though it was leading to more and i think like i said before i think asami is and i might just be uh now reconciling how the season and how the series ends with now that asami is trying to uh, just venture out and to see you know just any just get closer to the core right because she's telling her like hey you drive like and you know she does the whole hair flippy thing which i felt like she only does <laughs> when and plays with the hair when she's trying to draw attention to herself. Like, notice me, Court. Notice this hair flip. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what else was there about those two? Oh, Court then gets the idea to do the spirit divine thing to to spirit bend them. She does it at first, and then it goes awry. Oh, the president's a jerk. I hate the president, but but that's fine. You're supposed to hate the president. The person, yeah, I mean, it might be up. a little overdone, but it's pretty. I mean, he's he's pretty, pretty uh, on point again. It's too me because it's too overdone, but it fits what it's supposed to do here for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, they talk about how his poll numbers are almost as low as the avatars, which I call I call oh, no, uh, BS on that because after anyone does anything very significant positive, their poll numbers mm-hmm. be up. Cora just saved the world. Everybody saw her be a giant blue spirit. I think her poll numbers would at least be 50%, not 8%. Uh, but it's skewed. I bet they're only polling in Republic City and they've got the Vine disasters. And polls, I don't yeah. like surveys. Surveys are skewed to a psychographic of people who care enough to answer surveys. And that normal people don't fit that mold. Unless you're a person is... who likes to answer surveys, in which case I apologize. <laughs> I'm just saying, and, and in the Republic City, what, I mean, people in Republic City saw Cora save the world. They saw her defeat the living and this giant monster. But it's a what have you done for me lately thing. They got these vines growing through the side door. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's only been a couple of weeks. Like Obama's poll numbers went skyrocketed through the roof. Well, actually, I, I'm just making some. Just, I know they went up after Osama bin Laden was killed. <laughs> but um, I'm sure they didn't skyrocket. 
Point being is, as I think people would give her some more credit than eight eight percent is really low. I, it's a pretty small number, but uh, we won't try to judge the politics in this fictional land um, <laughs> and how their poll numbers uh, work. Maybe just no one's ever happy, and like twenty percent would be great. Maybe this like, is the first get... poll they've ever taken, and the poll takers didn't even know what satisfaction was. Like uh, with my you know whole what? life, or like what are we talking about here? These are probably early polls, and the early polls are probably very skewed to whoever is doing the poll. Like the yeah, poll probably they... said, like, "Do you think Avatar Korra is a bad Avatar or a worse Avatar?" And the and the answer is like, "Well, she's not like bringing me money, and I'm broke, so I guess worse." <laughs> do you do you think Avatar Korra could do more? There's I mean, hungry yeah, children on the street. She's terrible, and so yeah. They're... Um, anyway, interesting. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I would love to see how those questions were worded. Absolutely, it was who do you? It was yeah. it was who do you hate more, President Raiko, Avatar Korra, or yes, those. The... <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the Airbender runs away, and then oh, one thing I love about that scene that Korra that the spirit vines come back is that. The building kind of goes down, and Korra sort of has to be a superhero. Like she jumps, she she goes into a building, gets people out of there, and then she has to go into another building, have a person. She has to air glide with one hand, hold a person with the other hand, land quick enough. She sees this big, huge, freaking debris following. Has to land quick enough, catch herself, roll, and then catch this giant freaking a corner of a building and let it down softly enough that it doesn't hurt other people around her. Like as a person who loves superheroes and love action scenes like that, I loved that moment easily. And not that it's like a bad episode for that, but easily the most exciting sequence of the entire, uh, of, of the episode. I mean, boomy fallen, I get, but very well put together, yeah. very exciting scene. Yeah. Uh, so then Cora goes to, talk talk this uh the airbender guy from the Michael met with before off a bridge and i feel like it's it's painted in a way to as if Cora is talking down you know we, we talked about <laughs> boomy almost committed this before but it's almost painted in a way of Cora talking down a person from from suicide and and uh and i and Again, that's a very superhero thing to do. Like in the Superman comic, Superman All Star Superman, like he's talking a person off of off of suicide. And to me, this is just it's Cora at her finest. Like this is like peak Cora to me. Like like she's 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 mentally pretty healthy. <laughs> um, she's she's uh she's looking for she's. She's going down the right paths to look for enlightenment. I think she's doing everything she can. I just trying, how trying she her just best. Plops down and starts talking to him real casual. I absolutely love. Like she aired the tone like, just of the, the conversation way... is. Yeah, it's it, it's me. It's so good. Uh, she's like, yeah, I'm not having a good day either. Like, <laughs> like it's <laughs> for some reason it's just just the the imagery of a person just flying up catching her air staff and just sitting kind of in the corner there. Like it's, it's so natural. Um, but yeah, I really love that. It's very heartwarming moment. Yeah. 
Uh, so she gets that guy's down. She catches him because he slips. You know, of course, just to get more little action beats in there. Mm-hmm. And then the crowd cheers. And then Ma- and then Raiko comes in like, is this how I was going to be with you every other day of whatever, whatever. And then, <laughs> and then she yells at him. Then he kicks her out. He banishes her from Republic City. And then, <laughs> uh, I hate that president. Um, <laughs> and she's like, whatever. That's... Yeah. And then she's like, you know, I think I found... I think I found my calling. I think I'm gonna um, unite the. I'm, I think I'm gonna rebuild the air, the air nation, the air nomads. And Tenzin's like, I'm gonna go along with you. Like, so now we got we got a good um, mission for this season. And uh, and Brian and Mike was talking like, like yeah, you know, the thing I really liked about this season is that it has like a very positive, noble. Uh, mission at first like sure we got our big bad but like Korra is on a on a on a peaceful mission like it's not something so antagonistic like like you know in the first season we see Amon it's like episode two it's like oh we gotta stop uh these this uh equalist revolution this is like oh no we gotta do something positive we gotta bring back the air nomads the I do so. feel like uh Tenzin's talk with her I mean, it's not that it's not the right thing to do, but it sounds very biased coming from Tenzin. Like, you know, <laughs> it's your job to worry about the the ways of the world and spirits and balance and stuff. Like, like um... but um, yeah. I mean, I get it, and it seems like the right thing to do, but feels like it might have been less less selfish sounding coming from somebody else. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he kind of admits to it because Cora's like, oh yeah, and they're taught together. Cora saying like. Um... She says something to the effect of, like, she's not a good avatar. And Tenzin says, I think you're a great avatar. Like, I know personally for me, like, your actions led to the revival of, of you know, the air, the airbenders. Um, oh, speaking of which, my favorite moment in this episode is, is Tenzin looking over Aang's island, Aang's statue, and saying, like, Dad, it'll be just like before, like, new benders are here uh, he he wells up he's like your dream's going to be realized and his kids join them they have this really great moment of just like hey this is us like things are changing but we're going to do this together like we're, we're going to repopulate airbenders a... without incest and we think that's a huge yeah. deal <laughs> i'm sure I that's what they like... were thinking <laughs> i love how uh <laughs> it, uh um milo's like can we have an army? And Janora's like, Airbenders don't have an army, Milo. <laughs> like, you know, you know, like I, I could just see like in the far, far future, Milo's like, you know what? We need to section off. <laughs> we need to have natural army. I, need I am creating group of the Air Force Nation to do undesirable tasks <laughs> that help shape the political spectrum. <laughs> We will no longer be walked over. These maggots will bow to me. <laughs> but these um, maggots will bow to me. <laughs> Love it. How he um, says that. that was a great is moment. That, is uh, that next episode or is that this one? That might be next episode. Yeah, I, I don't so. remember which one. Yeah, yeah, it's next episode. Um, <laughs> oh, one quick, one random thing. When <laughs> when Boomy confirmed he's an Airbender. Um, Kai says, like, I have noticed your aura has been off. And he's like, and you didn't say anything to me? <laughs> I don't know why these things kind of crack me up. 
But all right, so the episode ends on episode like I feel like it has a first ending on a somewhat positive note. It's like all right, we're gonna find new airbenders, and Tenzin says like, who knows who out there is discovering the ability to airbend for the first time, and that's kind of a that would be just a great ending, and then it goes into this this really off remote <laughs> location in the middle of the ocean nowhere. And uh, and we get to meet Zaheer. We know nothing about him. We just know he's locked up. And this guy, I feel like, already jumps out the gate with straight charisma. Like, he's he's doing these quotes. He's quoting Guru Lahima. He says something about instinct is your body. It's a fearful body lying to itself, which just sounds like a B.A. line. And, <laughs> and, and he's like, ah, what are you going to do? Get out of here with some... The White Lotus guys, like, we can do get out here with some airbender nursery tales. He was like, like all nursery, like all tales, there's truth to it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I just like how Zaheer just, like, he's so, he's, he's kind of like mind effing these people. <laughs> like, it's just his vernacular and his speeches, they're just on a whole nother level than what you, what these guys are dealing with i i don't uh i have my qualms with zaheer and i think i just don't love him quite as much as the rest of our of our fandom does but i think some of those complaints are better left for next time when we start to see them in action a little bit Mm, more but i do uh i do love that interaction between him and the guards uh it's hard to imagine what it would be like to be Zaheer or those guards and the type of interaction that they've had for how many years now? Yeah, I mean, it would have been... 15 or something? Yeah. So in I that remember, ballpark. Or it was like four. Yeah, so yeah, so oh, 15. Yeah, in, in that ballpark at least. So uh, um, I would like to know more of like, did he ever say things before at all and they're caught off really off guard? They didn't <laughs> seem caught off guard by him speaking just by what he said. Like, how, what has their interaction been like to this point? So... I don't know. Yeah. Had me curious, and it was a very, it was an extremely engaging way to kick off or to end. Pardon me, the the first episode of this book. Yeah, in the commentary, tired. this Sorry, one this started and ended in a, in tremendous fashion. This episode, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it was a commentary. Brian is like, so I'm be one of those fans and nitpick things here. <laughs> he was like, uh, in this frame. From Tenzin, from Zaheer's point of view, you should be able to see the pillars on the other side, but you don't see anything. And then he was like, and then Zaheer should know. Zaheer has the line of like, after he locks them all up, he's like, you all better ration that rice. Then that's, then that stop won't be here for, for another three weeks. And then they're like, that doesn't, <laughs> Brian's like, that doesn't make sense. Like one of them is an earthbender and he could just earthbend himself out. <laughs> And then, and then, and then Mike is like, I know, no, they might, there might not be an earthbender in there. And then right at that point, a person earthbends, is like, yeah, see? And then, and then Brian says, like, my point is, these things are hard. Animation is hard. And we, have, and we make mistakes sometimes. I didn't even think about it. Maybe he was exhausted and surprised in that moment. He was in shock. Uh, yeah. Maybe one of his chakras got blocked off by a sudden sharp blast of wind. We don't well, I mean, know. I guess the, I guess, I mean, he would have, no matter what, he would have had time to get away and lock them up. But the fact that Zaheer made it seem like they would be trapped there until someone could come and save them was a, a false statement. And Zaheer, he was like, Zaheer you should moron. Know that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, uh, cannot say enough about how this one starts and, and ends. It's tremendous. Yeah. yeah. Any final thoughts before we get to some ratings? Um, one second. Let me uh, look real quick. I don't know. Cause I took a little note, at least for this one. Let's see what did I write? Approval ratings. Oh, yeah. Narrator. Hamarkovard and created energy shifts. Milo shocked. Finding it's, your own. It's oh, funny because there. it looks like you've shut your camera off to do something private, but we can still hear you. So it's like, does he know he's on camera? <laughs> we, I know you um, know, but, you know. I just like the conversation with, with uh, Tenzin and Korra about Avatars finding their own path. Mm-hmm. I think is uh, very... It's, uh, oh, it's, well, it's beautiful it's because every Aang, never, has to do. Aang never really had that like living human person to like reaffirm that. Like Everything Aang got in that realm of advice is always from like past lives. There's something about having a, a tangible human conversation about your avatar not particularly worldly <laughs> duties um i don't know it's it's kind of gratifying yeah. all right ratings let's, do some ratings let's get to them so audio visual nine out of ten. First of all there's some great action he- sequences here i think especially with the core just being a a superhero um i want to talk about the voice acting here for a minute, um, J.K. Simmons, I think, delivers a great performance as Tenzin, especially in this episode, especially in those small moments, you know, with his kids um, and with Cora. I, you know, I think he just did a really a great job. Um, what else was? There? Oh, in the action sequence with Zaheer at the end. So yeah, so gave that a nine, and then uh, let's see, story. A nine. There's just so much good stuff here that is subtle, especially for um, the first episode. Uh, whether it's stuff with Boomy or Korra, really trying to come into her own, especially the stuff with Tenzin and his kids. I just really enjoy that and love that. Um, and then Zaheer just dropping. <laughs> just, just, it, it's just a, such a great introduction to a villain that the villain is an airbender like it's such a like usually we're used to airbenders being like so peaceful and stuff that already it's it's a great story element that the villain is an airbender and he's uh quoting you know great you know great airbenders of the past and so you know that he's he's very caught up on on the airbender uh, culture uh memorable nine out of ten also uh, being lazy here, it was all nines. <laughs> Audio visual, I probably could have given an eight and a half, but anyway, memorable a nine. This was a <laughs> this was a, a great first episode. It might be the best first episode of a season. I think, yeah, I think I think so. For any season of any of Avatar, I think this is the best first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just a great kickoff, and and it leaves you kind of on on this like what the heck <laughs> like what what is going on this season um so, yeah, so that way it average out to a nine out of ten it's it's marvelous i did go eight and a half on audio visual um i put mine down a couple of weeks ago and i can't necessarily remember why other than when i rewatch <laughs> it i would say you know there's some slightly like there 
few moments of action with some with some dead space in between. I don't know, eight and a half is still great. It's great. Story, I gave it a nine. I I genuinely think that it's the way that it starts and ends. Um, I almost, I mean, I care what's in between, but the rest of that stuff doesn't really matter. Like the very first thing you see with Boomy and the very last thing you see is is an incredible amount of story. And it kind of sets up the season all by itself. Everything in between is just gravy. It's it's great. And then memorable, I also... Oh, man, mind. I should have went with the eight and a half. It would have been the first time. Wait, I wonder how we ever been completely insane. Um, I bet huh. we have. I, I would say I odds suggest that we have, but I can't. Don't don't quote me on that. Mm. Um, and for what it's worth, memorable, I even think, like, I recall thinking I maybe could have gone higher, like, uh, nine and a half, just because... Uh, well, I don't just I, this one sticks out in my memory. Um, it's just very distinct of seeing Boomy, uh, being introduced to Zaheer, getting the Korra, uh, Korasami start, and things like so many great things. The seeds start right here, and yeah, so I, I remember thinking I could have gone a little higher and memorable, but regardless, 8.8 that means together we have an 8.9. I would agree, mm. I would say it's the I'm trying to think what the first episode of the next book is like but i'm I'm willing to to hazard a guess and say that this is yeah. the best well, first episode that one cora isn't in it at all and it's probably it's probably i don't remember off the top of my head but it's probably a slower like there's probably it's, yeah, more exhibition it's a lot slower yeah so i'm gonna i feel comfortable saying this is the best the best e1 of any of any book yeah it's uh, and then when you compare it to the original series i mean the pilot's great it's really great. I don't think I rated it this high because I mean it was pretty fresh. It was pretty new. Like so, they were setting up a lot of stuff, and this episode didn't have to like the pilot has to. The you know, world. it's almost unfair to hold that to it. <laughs> yeah, to, to the same yeah. standard. But uh, we did uh, grade the pilot. The pilot did get a a two parter. At least I think we graded it that way. I believe so. Um, and so in my head, it's not that skews thing, but it really is sort of apples to oranges. Yeah. Uh, oh, real quick, uh, in the commentary <laughs> when they were talking about. Zaheer and, and Brian was like, you know, some people want to be asking themselves, like, why is Zaheer already such a good airbender? No, let's <laughs> no, 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 let's save that one for next time because that's part of my complaint, and maybe you can. Okay. Maybe right. is that okay? Because uh, that I mean, I'm definitely one of those people, so I'd like to have that. <laughs> uh, you know, just just discussion, but uh, yeah, let's save that if you don't care. Let's save this. Sa- savor it. <laughs> I'm new in town, and it gets worse. Uh, hey, with that being said, with me just rudely interrupting Chris's game plans, no, you shut up. Let's talk about it next time. I also say that knowing that this time, like we had a nice long intro and all that stuff, but since we record back to back the second one, we like never have anything to talk about, so we gotta gotta spruce things up. So, hey, come back next week to figure out why we think about Zaheer the way we think about Zaheer. In the meantime, Chris, thanks so much for being here for three years. Nonetheless, it is weird that we waited until I moved away and then we started a podcast. That's kind of funny, but oh well. That's true. Maybe, maybe <laughs> All those nights we were playing Yu-Gi-Oh! at your house, we could have been podcasting. We, we could have been podcasting live with worse equipment and less money. <laughs> <laughs> with, and I don't think I had a YouTube channel, really. <laughs> Probably not quite. I feel like YouTube was like yeah. a 2017 endeavor for you, if I had to guess. I think so. If I had to guess. Yeah. But, uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. No, that's like, you know what? I'd rather, we can't play Yu Gi Oh digitally as easily. So I'd rather play mm-hmm. Yu Gi Oh in person and then podcast uh, digitally. But 
Anyway, uh, thanks for hanging in there with me for three years. I, I enjoy it every time. And I'm really, uh, not that I didn't like anything about Avatar, because I still love Avatar more, quite frankly, if you're asking me to judge right now. But going through and watching Korra with a critical eye and only being my second watch through, uh, really enjoyed that a lot so far to watch well to watch anything critically because i never do that when i'm not talking about avatar so it's pretty exciting for me and thank you all who have been out there with us for any length of time we really appreciate it we hope you'll come back next week and more weeks after that as we keep working through cora my name's sean this is chris ford aka the objective geek of youtube and twitter lots of contact information down in the description this has been book three change chapter one a breath of fresh air in the legend of cora and we will see you next time for uh, episode for chapter two.